There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. Time can alter a story or a criminal case and change it into something much different. On March 18, 1943, a man was arrested for a singular murder, but confessed to many, many more. A case that, when looked at with modern eyes, is anything but straightforward. In fact, if those modern eyes are right, then the man is innocent and more than 51 cases remain unsolved. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Bruno Lutke was born on April 3, 1908 in Kupenick, Germany, as the fourth of six children born to Otto and Emma Lutke. From the time he first entered school, Bruno seemed to struggle academically. After struggling from 1914 to 1919, Bruno, who never made it to the sixth grade, was sent to a school for children with learning disabilities, and eventually left altogether in 1922 to work with his family in their laundromat. During this time, Bruno's father passed away from throat cancer, which left the brunt of the physical side of the business to him. Getting paid 50 pfennig per day by his mother for driving the horse and cart and delivering all of the laundry to its rightful owner. But this payment wasn't enough for Bruno and, on a pretty regular basis, he stole parts of the payment handed to him by customers and spent it on the tobacco for his pipe and a tall glass of beer. Something that infuriated his very strict mother. Despite his shifty spending habits, some petty thefts, and being called Dume Bruno by the men and women in town, Bruno Lutke was a good-natured young man, had absolutely no enemies, or friends for that matter, and never once raised any serious red flags to those who knew him. Well, except for the way that he treated his horse. According to the records, a number of people complained about the way Bruno handled the animal, whipping it with a little too much frequency and with a little too much force. He did this enough times that a complaint was filed with the Kupenik police in 1938 and, as a result, he was evaluated to see if he was mentally and physically fit to be a horseman. The result of this evaluation found Bruno to be physically healthy, but dubbed feeble-minded since birth. While they allowed for him to remain a cart driver, the third chamber of the Urgen Zuntites Garretscht in Berlin ordered that he be sterilized, hoping to prevent, quote, posterity with a mental disease. The barbaric practice took place in a Berlin hospital on May 22, 1940. It should be noted that, according to some of the sources, the sterilization was the product of his arrest for sexual assault rather than the mistreatment of his horse. Regardless, the damage was done, and Bruno, a seemingly harmless man known throughout the town for his small-time crimes and intellectual disabilities, and with the violence of Nazi-occupied Germany as his backdrop, began escalating into something much more violent. On January 29, 1943, 59-year-old widow Frida Rossner was killed in the woods near her home in Kupenick. She was found two days later, her shawl wrapped tightly around her neck, body battered, sexually assaulted, and purse stolen. Immediately upon finding her body, the Kupenick police reached out to the homicide department of the Berlin police, and three of its members formed a task force to try and solve the case. After checking out a number of different suspects, the detectives came across the name Bruto Ludke and arrested him on March 18, 1943. 
This is what the report said about the arrest. Quote, on 18 March 1943, we learned that a worker named Bruno Lutke was a feeble-minded man who was known for troubling local women. As we figured that this man, who lives in the area of the Elisabethstrasse, could know more about the murder, I questioned him at work. Following his informal interview, I got the impression that he should know more. Despite the officer's impression, there was no concrete evidence connecting Bruno to Frida's murder. However, this didn't seem to stop them from interviewing him as a suspect, at which time something he said, or something about the way he acted, was enough to warrant their arrest. Almost immediately upon his arrest, Bruno Lutke confessed to murdering not only Frida Rossner, but several other victims that police had not connected to the work of a single killer. While this seemed like a slam dunk and a complete stroke of good luck, Witnesses would report that Bruno showed signs of physical abuse as he was taken to his jail cell, with he himself saying, they would kill me if I didn't confess. Given his confession and their police work, the detectives working on the case connected Bruno to at least 51 different victims, mainly women, who were killed between 1928 and 1943. Bruno, according to some sources, named at least 85 different victims, victims whom he brutally raped, prior to robbing. Because there were a number of active serial killers in Germany during this time period and the economic and political chaos of the era, police believed that it made it easy for men like Bruno to give in to their sadistic urges, but did make it difficult to pinpoint an actual victim count and investigate disappearances properly. However, unlike men like Peter Curtin, Bruno Lutke, if police were right in their suspicion, continued to kill well into the Nazi period where many would have expected a more efficient police force. While many saw Bruno's arrest as a triumph, others saw it as a desperate police force who seized the opportunity to close a number of cold cases by pinning them on a man who could not defend himself. A man who, during the interrogations with police, couldn't even tell them how many minutes were in an hour. Because of this, Bruno Lutke was never put to trial for the murders. Declared criminally insane, he was sent to the Institute of Criminological Medicine in Vienna, where he became a lab rat of sorts in a number of experiments that eventually led to his death on April 8, 1944. In looking back on the 50 or so murders attributed to Bruno Lutke, modern eyes tell a much different story. None of the cases had any similarities in M.O., signature or motive, no fingerprints were ever found, and no evidence against Bruno, other than his supposed confession, was ever presented to the courts. When Dutch former chief of police Jan Blau looked into the original police report, they found them to be inconclusive, incoherent, and completely vague, leading to doubts that a semi-illiterate man who was once caught stealing a chicken could be someone to get away with murder for 15 years. 15 years of bodies showing up, and yet no complaints were ever made against Bruno, who, by his own admission, raped or tried to rape 50 women over the course of several years on top of the actual murders that he supposedly committed. Because of these inconsistencies and what we know now about how easy it is to get a false confession, some believe that Bruno is an innocent man. A man who was framed by an overly ambitious detective a heavily censored police department, and a Nazi-run government who had very little patience for people with disabilities. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to A Terrible Thing Happened on March 19th. 
Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.